We have a really uh, big-time, real-deal guest joining us now and who is perfect for Man's World Radio. We have Daniel Flynn uh, joining us, and uh, Daniel's latest book is uh, Blue Collar Intellectuals. And um, he's also uh, author of A Conservative History of the American Left and Intellectual Morons. I mean, the man writes for human events. Uh, he has a great blog at the uh, Flynn Files uh, dot com and uh, lives in the People's Republic of Massachusetts. And uh, hey, what's a what's a, a a mean tough marine doing up there in the People's Republic of Massachusetts, brother Daniel? Yeah, that's just where I'm from, and you know, I sp- I spend a lot of my time in Vermont, which is even more People's Republicish. So I, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't go native. Okay, yeah, yeah, but this is great. The the book you've written when when the enlightened. In the every man elevated America. And, you know, these elites, I tell you, um, you know, these people act like they have really uh, invented everything. It's it's like they're all sweetness and light. And, you know, people like us who, you know, ordinary people, you know, we're supposed to be serfs and we're supposed to be satisfied with serfdom. But, I mean, the, the way you break it down, the people that rise from the bottom that have actual experience in the way the real world works make much, much better intellectuals than the ivory tower types. Yeah, you know, one of the, the blue-collar intellectuals I wrote about is a guy named Milton Friedman, who, of course, won the Nobel Prize. Oh, people we know, love him. <laughs> people know that, but they don't know that when he was a kid, you know, he scooped ice cream at his parents' uh, you know ice cream parlor. He sold fireworks by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. When he went to college, he went door to door selling books, and he had this scheme where he would buy back books and then sell it back to the local bookstore, make money for, uh, from that. And the now, point of all that, let me ask is, you this: Did he invent that? Because I, I remember that from my college days. I mean, was he was he to, that's big now? You you know, did he did he did he start that? I don't know if he started it, but he was doing it with Barnes & Noble when there was one Barnes & Noble in the country. Um, but, I, you know, the point of all that is that if you want to know, if you want to teach about economics, it helps if you actually have worked. If in, you know how to you know, make a dollar. <laughs> that's right. If you, if you want to talk about dollars, it helps if you know how to make a dollar. And I think his economics works in large part because he worked. Right. And I think when you have someone like, um, say, John Maynard Keynes, who, who um, you know, was an aristocrat. His, mo- his mother basically volunteered for a living, and his father was a professor. He's not going to have the same type of life experience as a guy like Milton Friedman. And I think, you know, one of the famous things that Friedman put forward is the idea that a theory, any sort of economic theory, should be, the value to it should be assigned by whether it experience shows that it works. Now, that was controversial when he, when he said that, but it seems to be just common sense. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, that's the kind of person that I talk about uh, in Blue Collar Intellectuals. Ray Bradbury would be another, the, the short story uh, writer. He, he had a brother who died when he was young, and the family was so poor they couldn't even afford a gravestone. Up until the time he got married, he slept in a pull-out couch with his brother in the living room. When he graduated from high school, he had to, he had to wear the suit that his uncle was shot and murdered in. And he still had the bullet hole in it because they couldn't afford the suit. And so when Ray Bradbury, people asked him, where did you go to college, Ray? 
He said, I graduated from the public library of Los Angeles. <laughs> that's what he did. For three days a week, for four years, he couldn't afford to go to college, so he went to the public library every day, and he read. And I think that tells us something about, you know, these days people go to college because they want that piece of paper at mm. the end of the four years. Ray Bradbury could care less about the piece of paper he cared about the education part. He got that education part. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure that everyone getting the piece of paper is getting the education part these days. So I think we have it a little bit backwards. And a guy like Ray Bradbury can, can teach us something about, you know, the, the real value of education. Yeah, yeah. Hoffer is another one you write about, the longshoreman philosopher. That, that's right. Eric Hoffer is one of the most fascinating individuals I've ever come across. And he basically lived the first 40 years of his life in, you know, uh, in anonymity, and he was a, he was a longshoreman. He he worked uh, in various New Deal programs. He you know he just sort of worked anonymously. Mm -hmm. And as he was as he was working as a longshoreman, he wrote a book called The True Believer. And President Eisenhower came across it, and mentioned it in a speech, and it kind of exploded. And he you know became famous and made all sorts of money. But he never <laughs> he decided not to retire. As a uh, as a longshoreman, he kept working the dock mm -hmm. as he was writing books, and uh, and people were reading about. It. One of the fascinating things about him for me is we don't know anything about Eric Coffer. We don't know where he was born. We don't know when he was born. Um, we found out a few years ago that he had uh, he had uh, fathered a child um, by a woman, and um, you know by basically one of his best friend's wives, um, a woman I met years ago mm -hmm. and interviewed for the book. He had a very mysterious life, and mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why people are so fascinated by him. He had this story that when he was growing up, he went blind. And when he was a teenager, he regained sight, and he, he was determined to read everything he got his hands on. Now, that is certainly a not true story, but people believed it because it was it was, <laughs> it a, was so It was so Hoffer-like. It was, it was it was so compelling that they they wanted to believe it that this yeah. is, that this guy just came out of nowhere and um, and he and he 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 read so much because he had, he had lost sight. Well, that wasn't true. It certainly wasn't true that he was uh, born in this country. He had a heavy accent his whole life. He his the time of his his birth is certainly not true as well. So mm -hmm. you know a lot of he, he sort of created a mystery about him. He created Eric Hoffer created Eric Hoffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Dr. Soul has written about him, and Dr. Soul is one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, Dr. Soul sang both those men's praises, Hoffer and um, Friedman. And, yeah, uh, yeah and, and you, you write about how the two of them, uh, they someone was trying to get them together, uh, Chichester. Correct. Uh, Bob Chichester was a public television executive in Pennsylvania, and he had— um, helped uh, Milton Friedman put together Free to Choose, which was a 10-part series on public television in 1980. And it became what the book that... And it's still great, uh, folks. You guys just Google that sometime. It is great. Well, Chidester wanted to get them together, but Hoffer, um, you know, Friedman being a libertarian and Hoffer being a conservative Democrat, um, I, and I think also Hoffer because he was not... He was an intellectual himself, but he was very anti-intellectual. Mm -hmm. And the idea of him sort of having coffee with this guy and talking to him didn't appeal to him. So he, he declined the, the, uh, the, um, the olive branch there. But, I, you know, these are 
a lot of these guys are just fascinating characters, I think, because when we think about intellectuals today, mm-hmm. we usually think about ivory tower types. And yeah. the intellectuals that I talk about in the book are people that really lived life. Their parents may have been immigrants. They, have may, they may have been immigrants themselves. They grew up working. They grew up poor. Mm-hmm. And it shows you, you know. This is great. One, yeah, yeah, great. One of, great stuff. Now, we, we got about 30 seconds. So tell folks how they can connect with you. Well, I, you know, I, I write for the American Spectator mainly. So every Friday I have a column at, at uh, spectator.org. And uh, I also just put out a book called Cult City, uh, Jim Jones, Harvey Milk, and 10 Days That Shook San Francisco yeah. about the Jonestown tragedy. So that's, that's, a, that's my latest. And, and if people uh, are interested in this book, you know, get Blue Carl Intellectuals. They're interested in the other one. They can pick up uh, Cult City. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye now.